Hello, you're listening to We've Made It, brought to you by Gather.how. I'm Sarah Orm. In this episode, Zoe and I are talking to Kim Joy Hewlett, who you might recognise as one of the finalists of The Great British Bake Off. We'll be talking to Kim Joy about what inspires her amazing creative bakes and how baking can benefit your well-being. On with the show. Okay, so my first question is, why is baking such a great way to be creative? Ooh, I think there's multiple. I think baking is kind of accessible is one thing. So everyone can do a little bit of baking. You can do baking mm. with kids. Um, but then I, I think it's successful because there's that bit of structure which makes it successful, like you follow a recipe, but then you can be creative beyond that and you can add in your own sort of twists on your flavours or how you want to decorate it. Um, I don't know, a lot of people talk about baking like it's a proper science and I don't think that's the case. I think, and also there is creativity in science, but yeah, I think it's just, something you can play about with a little bit and make it your own um yeah and all the decorating that you can do with it and flavors and yeah I think with with your baking I remember I remember when you were on the bake-off and I think the things you made stood out because and they always say it on the bake-off don't they when you put your personality into something but there were I thought there was a real sense of fun and there is such a sense of fun in your in your baking Oh, thank you. Yeah, um, I love that you said that because, yeah, I love it to be, I think baking should be fun. It should be like full of like little happy, like you want to eat your food, but you want to relate to it as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, you want it to tell a story and be fun. You don't want it to just be a cake. I mean, just having a cake is good sometimes too. <laughs> um, but yeah, ideally you want it to have, that's why I like putting like faces and characters into my bakes. So that yeah. it has a bit of, you can relate to it when you eat it. <laughs> yeah. So where do you get your ideas for the cakes then? Because you do some quite inventive ones. Because before this, we were having a bit of a look on your Instagram feed and you've got a lovely island cake on there. Um, yeah. And just to describe that to the people listening, it's like, um, it has got these little mountains, I guess you could say, made out of cake. And then it's got a sea around it made of jelly. And it looks really cool. So where did the idea, where did the ideas for your creative bakes come from? Well, that Jelly Island cake, loads of people really loved that cake. Um, Mm. But I felt a bit like a fraud that people liked it. (laughs) Because (laughs) it's not totally my idea. And I did write that in the post as well. Um, But, you know, it's been kind of done before. But I've done my own version of like a, based on a beach in Thailand. But yeah, I felt a bit like, ooh, don't tell me that, you know, like I feel like when I come up with an idea and it's more, like some ideas are more like, you know, when you think of something, you're like, oh, that could work. And then you Google it and it's not been done before. And then you're like, oh, I'm excited uh. about this one. And then when people uh, react well to it, then I'm more excited about it. But, you know, it's really nice that people like stuff just in general. <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of like a mix. I don't know. Sometimes I'm like thinking about like the shape of a certain bake and like at the moment I'm doing some German cookies, which are really nice. Um, and you put potato flour in them. So they're really soft because they have less gluten. Um, and you can just shape them. It's like, you can just mold them into whatever shapes you like. So I've been doing like some carrots with smiley faces. But then to this morning I've been trying to do um, 
so I'm trying to come up with like celebration baking ideas. So I've been coming up with, so I thought I could turn them into turkeys for like Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, so I'm trying to do that at the moment. I'll, yeah, maybe let you know after this chat how it goes. It might work oh. and it might not, but you know, hopefully if it doesn't work, it'll lead to a different idea. <laughs> yeah. Because you can just yeah. mold different shapes out of it. And sometimes it's through chat, ideas come through chatting to other people. Like um, I was chatting to my friends about, you know, really burnt Basque cheesecakes are really in. Um, people love them. They're so easy to make. And they're like Spanish cheesecakes and they look like almost burnt on top. But it's just the cat sugar's really, really caramelized. Mm. And yeah. you just literally shove them in the oven, bake them. You don't need a water bath or anything. So they're quite satisfying so so easy to do but I was like well, it was very rustic looking a very hard thing to decorate but I've been thinking about it for ages how do I decorate it and I was just chatting to my friends and I was like but I think I can't remember how the conversation went but I think just talking to somebody else suddenly you can bounce ideas off of them and suddenly it comes to you and I thought yes it can be like a burnt landscape for dinosaurs <laughs> you know, like a volcanic landscape because it's burnt anyway anyway so yeah sometimes it's through bouncing off people. But then I try to bounce off my partner, Naveel, sometimes. And he doesn't get it sometimes. He's like, well, I don't have any ideas. But I'm like, well, it doesn't matter. I just need to talk to you about it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you're, maybe you're unlocking, a, unlocking a different part of your brain, like sort of the more unconscious bit when you're chatting. Like I think sometimes when you try and think too hard about something, it almost blocks you, doesn't it? Yeah, no, I think you're right there. Because sometimes, yeah, when you're kind of on your own and you're thinking, you can just go into a thinking pit. <laughs> and I do a lot of my thinking as well. Also, I'm watching television. I just put on whatever and I don't fully pay attention to it. <laughs> um, but I'm thinking. I'm like, I'm working, really. Um, but yeah, it, it helps to have somebody else, I think, to bounce off of so you don't fall down a pit of, yeah. Thinking pit. Thinking pit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I had a question which wasn't one we were going to ask you, but I thought of it when you were talking about the turkey. <laughs> so do you, because uh, basically, I, I guess that a lot of people listening will have seen your bakes because they're very, um, they're quite well known and, and sort of characterful, but you do these amazing animals. Basically. If you're listening and you haven't seen Kim Joy's bakes, um, she makes these incredible sort of like um, all different animals and characters out of the things you bake, don't you? And, like I loved your um, owl apple pies that you did last year. And I wondered, do you have like a hit list of animals in your head that you're like, I'm just waiting for the thing that will, will be suitable for my, I don't know, raccoon or whatever the animal is? Oh, yeah, I do have a bit of a hit <laughs> list. I mean, I really like moles um, and I keep thinking I want to make something with moles, but they're not that like, I don't know. They are yeah. kind of cute, but it's a bit of a tricky thing. Um, yeah, so I keep thinking more like Diglets from Pokemon when I think of moles, but it's not really. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I want to get through all the animals. It's exciting. <laughs> yeah, I always find it interesting because it quite often seems like there are animals that become a trend. So, like in previous years, we've had llamas with a big trend, and I think before that we had um, ostriches. Um, ostriches, yeah. It's Oh, oh no, not ostriches. I mean flamingos. That is what I'm thinking of. Oh, flamingos. Flamingos. They were like flamingos on everything. Um, do you have any sort of sense of what the next animal trend might be <laughs> or what you would like it to be? Other than moles. <laughs> yeah. Mole trend. That'd be well cool. Um, I don't know. I think, well, I like cats, but cats are always, I think, a trend. So yeah. 
Um, what would be an unusual? I don't know. Giraffes are kind of like people like giraffes, don't they? Could be giraffe. Yeah, they're like, quite they're universal. Kind of, they're kind of alpaca-ish, aren't they? So you could have cute giraffe biscuits with little scarves and stuff. Um, yeah, maybe giraffes, oh. bees, mm, meerkats. Yeah, yes, they'd be very cute. Yeah, or raccoons. Oh, raccoons, koalas. <laughs> yeah, there could be many animal trends. Who yeah. Knows? I have to say at the moment, there is one cake trend that really disturbs me, which is people doing things which look very realistic, but then you cut into them and they're cake. I find that really disturbing. <laughs> well, Nabil, my partner Nabil was showing me one, I think it was last night actually, and it was this guy lying in like a hospital bed or something. And I think his face and everything, upper body was real, but his arms and legs were cake, but sticking out the what? bottom. And then it was like cut into. <laughs> and it's just like messes with your brain. But yeah, that's been a trend like last year, isn't it? The whole everything is cake trend. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole, the whole, I, I never ever, I do a lot of different crafts, but I never master the art of the airbrushing for like, you know, to make something look. I think that's a whole other sort of very technical side of, of crafting and baking. That's a whole other, I don't even, I <laughs> bet I haven't done much airbrushing really either. I like to do, it's nice to do stuff that's accessible for people so that everyone can do it. With airbrushing, you've got to get an airbrush and everything. Special equipment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I was going to say, um, how did you get into baking? Like, have you been baking since you were like a toddler or is it something you've come to as you've got older? Well, this I, I feel like I don't have a very good story for it because it's not I don't I don't have like a grandparent or parents who taught me to bake or anything. None of my family are into baking or food at all. Um, it's just something I got into. Um, yeah. Well, I remember I have memories as a child of baking. Um, I remember I really liked pandan cake, um, like a chiffon cake we used to get from Chinatown and I really loved it. So I wanted to replicate it. So I remember baking that as a kid, which is actually quite an advanced cake because you have to fold in egg whites. Um, so you yeah. have to be quite gentle with it. Um, but I didn't do it very well, I think, when I was a kid. It was a bit denser than normal, but still really nice. So I always remember <laughs> that. And then I also remember making mince pies um, because my dad was very traditional and wanted mince pies for Christmas, but I used to hate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I had to do the pastry um, which is also quite an advanced thing I don't remember making normal mm. things like cupcakes <laughs> or cakes yeah. just like mince pies and chiffon cake that's that's all I remember and I remember hating mince pies um, I like them now because I like mince meat now but I think when you're a kid you don't really like mince meat because it's like fruit stuff it's funny because mince pies they seem to be something that people either love or they really hate like there are seems to be quite a lot of people who also hate Christmas pudding as well, which I don't understand. Um, which camp do you fall in? Are you a mince pie lover or hater? And same for the pudding. I love Christmas pudding when it's done well. <laughs> I think I used to hate it, but I think I didn't have nice ones. But I think if you get one that's got a nice amount, of, like a bit of nut in it to break up the sweetness and with some custard. It's been a while actually since I've had a Christmas pudding. But yeah, I like Christmas pudding. And then I used to hate mince pies and Christmas pudding. But I like mince pies now, but I'm quite particular about them. So yeah, I'm like a typical baker. Like, oh, none of that shop-bought stuff. 
I know what you mean. I think uh, per- personally, I think the ratio of pastry to mince pie has to be right in a mince pie. Like if it, if it's too pastry filled, yeah, it's not the same. See, I kind of lean more to pastry side, but it has to be thin pastry. Oh, yes. It's quite a shallow mince pie <laughs> um, with thin pastry, so it's crisp and not soggy, and then a thin layer of mince meat. I almost don't like the depth of the pie. <laughs> um yeah i'm 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 all in for this conversation i have a very shallow mince pie tin at home yeah (laughs) that's the way forwards a shallow mince pie tin so you know you're saying about how as a baker you can like things a specific way i was wondering because as we've chatted you've mentioned a few i agree i think your bakes are very accessible and anyone could look at them and I mean, maybe the island cake was a bit more high end. That but was like, quite most easy, really, though, <laughs> compared to how it looks. <laughs> but the the thing I was gonna, I was wondering is when did you sort of move from, I oh, I, I'm enjoying baking, to actually understanding more about the technical side of flavors and textures, and oh, a bit of nut will balance out the sweetness. You know, has that just come gradually through the years, or is it something that was natural to you? Um, I think before Bake Off, I was sort of, I was getting more and more into it um, and, you know, wanting to sort of conquer all the different areas of baking. So be like, right now I'm perfecting croissants and now I'm doing, I don't know, salad. I went through a phase trying to perfect bread. Um, I'm really into breads. Um, And then um, I went on the Bake Off and then they really encourage you um, through all the um, challenges um, to create, I mean, the showstopper, showstopper sometimes is like, make a chandelier out of biscuits and don't have <laughs> any hanging supports showing at all. And then it really encourages you to think about it a bit more um, and experiment a bit more with your flavors as well as experiment with just different shapes and stuff you can do with your bakes. Um, so yeah, I think it's just been gradual. Just keep doing bits and bobs here and there. But yeah, baking, I did a bit when I was a kid, but I don't think I did loads. And then I sort of dabbled a bit. And then a bit before Bake Off, I got more into it. But yeah, yeah, off and on. But now it's, I'm always baking. (laughs) (laughs) The the Bake Off basically supercharged you, did it? It was like, yeah, that's it. This is, this is my, yeah. Definitely. I think before Bake Off, I didn't really, I kind of was just doing lots of stuff to try and get the general basics down. But then after Bake Off, I think, Bake Off helped me find my style almost and what I enjoyed doing. Um, you talked a bit about teaching yourself to, to bake, essentially. When you were doing that, were there any particular baking books that you referred to or people that you were particularly inspired by? Um, I've always been an internet user, <laughs> but I love baking books. I like to collect them all, but I wish I looked at them a little bit more. Um, so just a lot of people on Instagram who I was always inspired by, um, like their cre- cute creations and stuff. There's this lady in, it might be Singapore and she does like chiffon cakes and they're super, super cute. And they're just, she just makes all sorts of different shapes and characters out of it. I don't even know how she does it. Um, so I've got her book. Um, and then I've got like a, like a Peter Reinhardt bread book. I've got a lot of baking books. I just don't <laughs> look at them enough. Um, but I mostly look at people, just other people on Instagram who create really amazing creations. Maybe don't have massive followings, but yeah, just do really cool stuff. 
I think you can find quite a lot of Instagram really lends itself, doesn't it, to visual crafts and like baking. And I don't know about you, but I follow like random hashtags like embroidery hoop. And that's how I discover a lot of those accounts that I wouldn't necessarily be following. Yeah, yeah. No, I do that as well with um, mm. more. I follow things that aren't that aren't cake related, though, <laughs> like <laughs> interior ideas, because we've just moved house and I'm obsessed with looking at people's houses and floor plans um, and like colourful interiors and stuff like that. <laughs> I noticed that colour is quite, um, it really shines through in your baking. Are you, does that apply throughout your life? You, you know, your colour is a big inspiration for you. Yeah, definitely. I love colour. Like I just bought these cosy jogging bottoms to go around the house and it just makes me really happy that this kind of orange they might look yeah they're orangey colored um but it just makes me happier because i had green old green ones before um yeah so it's kind of i'm really excited to just make everything colorful so i want to dress <laughs> like my bakes i want my house to look like my bakes and yeah a bit of color <laughs> yeah so obviously baking is your main creative outlet but are you into any other kinds of crafts I'd love to get into DIY stuff. <laughs> um, I'd love it. Um, but I think I need to learn stuff because I'm, it's, I think my skills at DIY are similar to like my computer skills at the moment. <laughs> um, but I like like doing a bit of painting and stuff like that. But I think I tend to paint more on cakes and biscuits um, than anything else. Than um, on walls. Yeah. But I guess <laughs> if you can decorate a cake, you can decorate anything <laughs> yeah a cake's just one canvas I suppose so you could do the same on anything yeah do you um one thing we wanted to talk to you about was um how you find baking in terms of uh how it affects your mood like as a re- as, a, as a relaxing thing um yeah could you talk to us a bit about how you how you find baking um emo- you know emotionally is that the right word you know just how it makes you feel when you're baking yeah I think it's just a I mean it, it's usually relaxing unless I'm like <laughs> having to like create loads of recipes in a short period of time then I'm like ah like when I was on bake off then it's not so much but you know and you can bake and you've just kind of got a day off um whenever that happens um then it's relaxing because like it goes back to having that bit of structure in the baking um so you kind of it dictates your day a little bit you know like if you're making bread you know when it's rising you know and it's baking it's just like a set period of time ish um and then it's just you have all this you have you you linked with all the senses aren't you so like the smell of it when it comes out the oven and the feel of it and just eating a bit of cake as you go along there's all of those kinds of experiences put together. Um, and then you produce something at the end. And um, so you feel like productive about it, which is good. Um, but yeah, it's relaxing because I, I think it, it also just makes it warm as well. Like the warmth of the oven and everything. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Ah, that, that reminds me recently, I came across, um, <clears throat> this is quite a, a random one, but an, an app that tells you when the best weather is for baking because it tells you how much renewable energy is being produced how much renewable energy is being produced at that time so you can choose to bake when it's best for the environment 
I just thought that's so cool. I will share a link to that in the in the show notes. But when I came across that, I was like, mind blown. That it's it's eco friendly baking. Yeah, I've never thought about that. I just I like baking most of all when it's really cold because then yeah, yeah, it heats stuff. When it's hot and sunny, I can't bake. (laughs) I'm like a proper winter, (laughs) cold winter person. (laughs) Autumn and winter. We were, t- we were talking about before we started recording what we about being cozy, like loving being cozy. And I agree. I think there is something about baking in winter that, and for me, like at Christmas, I have all these traditions of things that I bake and that they're family recipes that have been handed down. Like, do you, you know, it's a re- there's something really sort of comforting about that, I think. Yeah, um, no, definitely. I think I, for me, I don't always bake the set. I'm always trying to, I always want to like try something new. <laughs> but sometimes I do try the same stuff. Like I make, I like making freezer cookies at the moment. You make a big batch and you put them in the freezer, then you can bake them up whenever you want a fresh one. You literally just Ooh. make a whole load, just put them in the freezer and stick the oven on wow. and you want a cookie and you can have it warm and just have a stash. Um, I can't nice. remember what we're talking about. Cozy, yeah. It's a bit oh, like hygar, isn't it? The Is it Danish? Yeah. That's been a trend for a little bit. Baking in the winter and stuff. Yeah, and I quite like the um, Scandinavian thing that they do in Sweden, fika, where it's like, co- we can't do it at the moment, but it's coffee and cake with friends. And it's so much a part of their culture that is even something they do, like, you know, at work, which I really like. We need to do this, Zoe. Uh, when, one day when we get to sit, well, we're recording this in lockdown. So <laughs> when, uh, <laughs> one day, <laughs> that would be lovely. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. Coffee and cake. Tea and I cake. know. I mean, we kind of do tea and cake in this country, like afternoon tea. But I guess it's not enough of a thing that we make time. Yeah. Out. Well, I think the idea with it is that you stop working, you stop doing whatever else that you're doing and you just have a, a relaxing time to talk to your colleagues or your friends or whoever it is you're with which I think is really nice yeah it's definitely important it's nice very up for that I think like baking's like my thing but I always say that my biggest skill is actually comfort (laughs) I think I like baking because it makes me I like anything that makes me comfy that's why I'm sat here with a blanket um I just and like, yeah, like figuring out how to be comfortable, you know, like in terms of like layout of a room or how I'm sat down is like my biggest skill. <laughs> and like, I look at my, because my partner Nabil isn't very good at being comfortable. Like he'll come home and he'll stay wearing the same jeans and socks he's been, he's been wearing outside. And I find that really weird. I'm like, <laughs> you're making me feel uncomfortable because you're not comfortable and I can see you're not comfortable. <laughs> or if you're sitting in a certain way, I'm like, you're not comfortable. <laughs> you need to be comfy. <laughs> you need a blanket. You need to change your socks and put some like comfy stuff on. <laughs> and I just think yeah. it's really important to be comfy. <laughs> I think that's one of the benefits of lockdown is that many of us have basically shunned any clothing that wasn't comfortable. <laughs> it's so My important part, yeah. to wear comfy clothes. I've gotten really sensitive to certain clothes. Like I just can barely wear them. Like I just like I just don't like anything digging in, and mm. I just want to be comfy. <laughs> I yeah. fear I fear for jeans manufacturers after lockdown. How many people will be buying jeans? Jeans are so uncomfortable. Exactly. I can't wear them. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so do you have any more top tips for being comfy? Oh, socks. Never socks. ever leave socks on if they're slightly damp. Um, put fluffy socks on, always. Lovely fluffy socks. Um, don't wear any, think about your underwear. <laughs> <laughs> underwear is so important to comfort there's like some that are just really uncomfortable um and um it's like some fabrics like are a bit scratchy aren't they and then just have like a nice area where you can sit down candles you can have candles that's nice and relaxing plants are comforting blankets i whenever yeah. i sit down i have to have a blanket <laughs> gonna sound really weird now my partner (laughs) laughs at me because I get in the car and if it's a long journey I'm like well I have to take a blanket with me because I have to be comfortable sat in the car (laughs) and all (laughs) I kind of have a battle with people as well sit in the passenger seat because I proper lean the car I proper lean the seat back (laughs) I can't sit (laughs) upright I'm like this so everyone else adjusts it forward and I'm like nah yeah and then i have socks for the car as well it's gonna sound excessive but i just think it's important (laughs) yeah i'm admiring your dedication to it but i have to say i am wearing my fluffy socks right now yeah and and, um i did spend yesterday evening sitting under a heated blanket like an old lady so (laughs) i'm fully on board with this And when me and the beer went to Japan, they have these tables, and I can't remember what they're called, like kokatsu, something like that. And they're like, you sit on the floor with them, and there's like a heated blanket under the table, and it covers Ooh. your legs, and you put your legs under it, and it's all warm underneath, and it's so comfy. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds like your dream place, given your love of blankets and coziness. Yes, I really want one. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to find one and bring it back, but it just got a bit too difficult and we couldn't quite find find it. But yeah, next time. (laughs) Speaking of Japan, um, Japanese design and sort of does seem to, it seems to be quite a big influence on your work. Have you been many times or are there particular... Just once, really. And I think I think it might just be that whole sort of cute aesthetic mm. rather than Japanese stuff. Yeah. I don't really see myself as being that into Japan. Yeah. <laughs> but then people see that in me and I'm like, oh, I just think I just like cute stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just been once and I did really love it. Um, and I'd love to go back. Did you get to go in any Japanese stationery shops? Oh, yeah. I love that. Stationery is... And it's so cheap. They have, like, one pound shops, like, 100 yen shops. And they have amazing stationery in there for, like, what's the equivalent of less than a pound over here. And I just bought tons of it for presents and stuff. Um, Yeah, stationery. And I just love, like, when you go on the train that they bow to... Like every time they walk through and exit a carriage to go to another carriage, they turn round, bow, turn back round and go through. Wow. <laughs> and you wouldn't see that on a train here. I no. don't know. Imagine if you... if on the tube in London, you'd get funny looks if you tried to actually be respectful to your fellow passengers. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about um, is... Me and Zoe have been talking recently about creative block. So things that you can do when you feel like 
you, you just can't be creative. Do you have any things that you found useful for getting over that? Yeah, usually it's like if I'm trying to um, perfect one specific recipe and I've been doing it a couple of times or I'm trying to perfect a design, then I'll just go off and do a different thing. <laughs> I'll just mm. do something else. It, it might be a different bake or it might just be something entirely different like me and Nabil have been putting up some blinds in the house recently. So something like that, it's like you can achieve something at the end, but it's not really a creative thing thing it kind of is because you problem solving is creative but usually it's like a block because you can't solve a problem and it's like a wall so I sidestep it and go to this thing so that I can go beyond this thing and then come back to the block wall and sometimes also like what we're talking about earlier about just talking to other people um Mm. and just doing something totally different talking to somebody else and going I can't do this my partner Nabil is just really helpful when I, I'll just like grumble to him and go, oh, this isn't working. And he was like, well, you've done really well. And then he'll just reassure me a bit because sometimes I think the block is, part of it is you put yourself down a little bit and you get into a bit of a negative headspace. So if you have people who can take you out of that, it's really useful. That's true. I suppose also that ties in with what we were saying about following other people on Instagram or whatever, whatever platform you use, isn't it? It's sort of, it's joining that community and seeing how other people approach things. It's quite creative. Yeah, it can help sometimes, but sometimes I find it can make me feel a bit more like rubbish about myself. Yeah. Because <laughs> then you just see everyone's amazing creations. And I don't know, it always seems like other people's stuff's better somehow. Um, and then you can get in a bit of a, ooh. So yeah, sometimes just I just like- need to just take myself out of it. I just I put some just some like just random stuff on television. Yeah, <laughs> really helps. <laughs> just a lot of rubbish TV. <laughs> I find that only about twenty percent of things I bake are in any way Instagrammable because I have quite a high ratio of like like baking fails. <laughs> I try I bake a lot, but I would say only about twenty percent of it comes out aesthetically as I intended. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you can still eat it. So it's fine i mean it still tastes okay yeah definitely and then, yeah it's not always that real as instagram is it so like sometimes no, i just decorate um like it's my secrets but sometimes i just decorate the front of a cake and not really the back because i'm like well i'm gonna take a photo from the front so that's what i did oh <laughs> food photography tips, tips. yeah <laughs> do you have any other photography tips um um, no, just use natural natural lights for your photography um yeah use some natural light and then for cakes it's really good to have you can just buy some like plain white fabric and hang it in the background scrunch it up a bit and it looks nice yeah speaking of tips I was going to say if there's anyone listening who wanted to sort of you know, level up their baking or try different things are there any do you have any advice for sort of how to how to do that sort of how to take your baking in different directions or different flavors that you especially like at the moment or anything like that I think it depends because everyone has their own kind of area of baking where they're most interested in like some people are more like bready people or like mm. cakey people um or you might be a bit of both or you might be really into your pastries or a little bit so find the areas of baking that bring the most 
happiness to you that spark joy and <laughs> <laughs> um, find the areas of baking that make you happy um and then it's just keeping delving into that more and more i suppose um and embracing mistakes although it's hard to do it sometimes sometimes mistakes happen and i just it's not like I just go, oh, the mistakes happened. Yay, I'm going to do some exciting things of it. Sometimes it's just like, oh, no, that's really a mistake. <laughs> but then sometimes <laughs> mistakes are actually really good. Um, and then you could do some cool stuff with it. So embrace mistakes where you can. Um, and flavors. Um, yeah, it's just what I think pe different people know the, the flavors that they're excited about. And just experiment it with a little, just start start doing <laughs> I don't know sometimes you can't motivate yourself though to like just do it um and I find my I try trick myself so like this morning I'm not a morning person don't really do very much in the morning I was like well before I chat with you guys I'm going to try do a bit in the kitchen just so it doesn't set you know so I've got stuff done um so I try and motivate myself I say well you know I'll just do five minutes in the kitchen I'll just put this butter and this icing sugar in the KitchenAid, walk away and watch some television. And if I fancy continuing, I will. And if I don't, I won't. And then I just naturally get into it like that. And I put some loud music on. That helps. Oh, well. yeah. Cooking, baking to music is actually definitely, yeah. yeah. One of life's simple pleasures. Definitely. Oh. See, for me, for me, it's definitely baking to podcasts. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, each to their own. Although recently I was baking, um, I made some fruit bread at the weekend, which did not turn out as I wanted it to. Oh, no. <laughs> but I had a good time making it and I was listening to um, my favourite murder when I was doing it. So it's a really jarring combination, but <laughs> <laughs> it works for me. So Yeah, it's whatever works for you, isn't it? Everyone has their own things. Yeah, which I suppose comes back to what we were saying earlier about Baking should be a fun thing that, you know, you, you enjoy and you should go down those paths, the things you enjoy doing. I never thought of it, like you said, about the specialities, like pastry. Because or... a lot of people ask me, oh, what's the easiest bake to do? Or what would you recommend a beginner starts with? But I'm like, but it depends what you want to do. <laughs> I mean, there's certain parts of like, you know, maybe where you want to get into biscuit decorating, which is its own sort of field. So then start with that. But there isn't just like, oh, what's the easiest thing? Because it's not like bread's harder than cake or cake's harder than bread. It's just, yeah, it's where your passion lies. Do you have a current favourite though? Like I know you said it was at one point bread. Yeah. Like... Ooh. I, I, I actually don't. I actually like it all. I think probably the thing I like most to relax is actually bread. Um, Yeah, it's still bread. But now I do kind of, because I'm testing lots of different things. It's different in a way. But yeah, to relax, I love doing bread. Yeah, yeah, I guess the thing with baking bread, isn't it? It is very mindful and it's very grounding. You're very much focused on bread when you're doing it. You can't really do anything else while you're kneading. You just have to do it. So do you find that that's quite relaxing? Yeah, but actually what I find most relaxing about bread is because there's so much downtime. <laughs> when it's um, <laughs> rising. So, you know, you got to do the two rises. And I just, I love it because when it's rising, I can go and do something else. And I'm doing two things at once. 
And it's like, it's amazing. I feel super productive. And I'm like, I'm not even done anything. (laughs) But you have. Yeah, but I have. And even if I just chill out and have a nap, I'm making bread. So it's fine. (laughs) That's what I love about it. (laughs) I had no idea about how the science behind all the proofing stages with bread until I watched Bake Off. Actually taught me a lot about that. Ah, it's very educational as Bake Off, mm. isn't it? You like learn a lot about, like even when I watch series after like the most recent one, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I want to try that. Yeah, because I was like, why is my bread always really dense at the bottom? You know, and I, obviously I wasn't proofing it properly, but I didn't know, understand why until I sort of watched Bake Off. Yeah, it's very educational, isn't it? It's good. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, um, another thing I wanted to talk about, and this is something that me and Zoe always really like to talk about, is about any, are there any retro or old-fashioned recipes that you really like? Because we love a vintage recipe. Recipe. Ooh. See, this is where it really helps to have grandparents who bake and then they can pass me down mm. recipes, but I don't have that. <laughs> I, I don't know if this is a vintage recipe, but my friend Shan is Welsh and her grandmother gave her a barabriff recipe and then oh. Shan gave me the barabriff recipe and it's so easy to do. It's basically a fruit loaf. So if you want to do your, your fruit loaf again, um, then you can do that. Um, but yeah, it's so nice. I love it. Except I, yeah. I kind of twisted a vintage recipe by putting in some alcohol and Shan told me <laughs> off. She said, that's not how did my that... grandmother did it. But, um, <laughs> but it's really nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. You don't mess with a grandmother's recipe. I've got actually um, my grandma's heavy cake recipe. It's traditional Cornish recipe. And um, she passed away a few years ago. But when I make this recipe... It tastes exactly the same as when she did it. And there's something really lovely about being able to pass that kind of thing mm. on, I think. I hope that I can pass that on to future future people. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's well, part of what's nice about making like doing recipes, because then you have so many people messaging you online and going, Oh, I've made this and I loved it, and it makes me so happy just seeing how much happiness it brings other people. It's lovely to think, because so obviously we haven't talked about your books yet, but you've had a couple of books, haven't you? Including one that was out last October. Is that right? Is it, was that Baking with Kim Joy? Yeah. One? So we've yeah. got Baking of Kim Joy is my first book. And then Christmas of Kim Joy oh. is my second book. And I may be doing another book. Maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah. So yeah, I, I love writing books. That's the thing I love most that has come out of Bake Off um, and is the platform it's given me to be able to write recipes and baking books. That's what I love most about it. Okay, so one thing we always like to do to wrap up the podcast and like finish it on a nice happy note is we talk about one good thing that we've loved in the past week. So that could be like a book recommendation or like a TV show or just something nice that's happened to you. So I think, Zoe, you should start with your one good thing. Okay, I've, my one good thing this week is actually baking themed in honour of us chatting to Kim Joy today. I, it was um, Lunar New Year last week 
for the start of the new year. And I made fortune cookies for the first time with my children on lockdown. And it was so much fun. It was way more time consuming than I thought it would be. But I wrote my own little fortune. We wrote our own fortunes that were like comedy fortunes, like um, school will reopen soon. (laughs) And uh, they came out really well. I was so pleased with them. Yay, that's so cool. It's it's really cool making your own fortune cookies because you put your custom messages in and yeah, Yeah. it is quite time consuming, isn't it? Because you've got to do lots of different batches. Yeah. Yeah. And I sort of got to know the right amount of time they needed in the oven. But but yeah, the, I love the, just the magical sense with, with fortune cookies that you do open them and they have a surprise. And it was just nice to try something new that I'd not made before as well. So that was mine. Yeah. Well, I think Kim Joy is going to like my one, considering you've just moved house. So I've got really into watching interior design I masters. Was gonna, no, I was going to say the same thing. No. No. <laughs> Uh, no, I was going to say interior design masters. That's really weird. <laughs> okay, I haven't uh, seen it. You both need to tell me why, why it's good. Okay, so it is a program. They've got it on Netflix. They've got it on BBC iPlayer at the moment. And it's basically an interior design show where they have these aspiring designers and they have to compete every week, usually in teams. They split them into different teams. Um, and they have a like a challenge each week. So they might be doing up a restaurant or they're restyling a hotel. And it's just it's just really satisfying to watch. It's really addictive. And I'm sure Kim Joy is going to agree with me. Yes. <laughs> I love it. So I'm so excited because today's Tuesday and there's a new episode tonight. Um, and also, well, most my biggest reason for being into it. I mean, I was into the first season as well, but this season even more so. Because, you know, Siobhan, the really colourful lady on there. Uh, Don't spoil it for me. I haven't got onto series two yet. Oh, you've not watched the... No, I've only been watching series series one. Series two is great as well. Um, (laughs) But yes, um, there's no spoilers. So it's just one of the contestants, Siobhan, is on it, um, who I know. um, She's my my partner Nabil's employment lawyer's wife. Um, she's not she doesn't really look like the partner of an, a lawyer because she's like really colorful and a maximalist but i'm just you know when you get to watch something and somebody you know is on it it's exciting yeah so yeah that's my highlight of the week yeah well, that's quite funny that we share one i know <laughs> when you said that i was like what i was gonna say that it's so weird oh uh, well actually um Another thing we do that we share is we have a project of the week that me and Zoe pick from the website. So Zoe, do you want to share your one? Oh yeah. So I I was going to say this anyway, but I thought it was actually very apt that we're talking to you today, Kim Joy, because I think you would enjoy it. It's um we haven't until now had much. We've got some needle felting on the website, and we've got these little needle felted animals, and they're by this designer board called Gretel Parker, and there's a little cat and a dog and a bunny, and they're just they're really cute and they're just a really nice, fun, you know, entry level craft project. And I just want to make them and like put them all around my house, basically. They're just lovely. Ah, yeah, you can make loads and like dot them all around. Yeah, a menagerie of needle felted yeah. animals. And they could all hang out with some house plants and stuff. So it's like they have a proper. That needs to happen. Yeah. I think you're going to have to give that one a go, Kim Joy. It sounds like it's right up your street. Um, my one 
My one is also kind of an interiors one because it's this nice little trio of constellation embroidery hoops. It's originally from Molly Makes magazine, which is is beautiful, but it's designed by Jessica Marquez. And I've been wanting to make them for ages because they are so pretty. And I think constellations are still a bit of a trend as well. So it's like, I want them. I want to make them for my house. You should do it. <sighs> Definitely. I want to make them too now. And I want to watch Interior Design Masters. So I've made note <laughs> after this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so okay. Kim Joy, where can people find your book? And where can people find you online? So online, I am at Kim Joy's Kitchen on um, the social medias. Um, and then my book is in um, lots of bookshops. Um, and also you can find it online um, in the usual places. If you just Google it, it'll come up. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Kim Joy. Thank you for being such a lovely guest. Thank you very yeah, thank Thanks for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you've got any thoughts or comments that you would like to share, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Just search for Gathered. And don't forget, you can find lots of free craft projects and creative things to make over on our website, gathered.how.